I'm offended by your phrase Maybe. right now. I sure, think you sure. should say centrist now or left now, just to be fair. I'm going to start spanking right in your face. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just pulling Not spanking my face, but no, whacking it. Whacking your winger right in my, in my, right sure. in my face. Right okay. in my face, yeah. Um, just so that as you keep talking, you know the load's coming. You know, that's all. You just keep it's a coming. So you can keep talking and maybe get it in your mouth. Yep. Or just get it on your face. It's just it's your choice. It's I, your bukkake yep, sure. moment. Yep. You know, that's this is saying. my moment. Yes, it it's is your my bukkake moment. Your Thank bu you. Yes, there's your there's your circadian rhythms. This is Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. Big day for for a couple Chicago aldermen. Oh yeah. So we've got uh, Alderman um, Muniz or Munoz? Munoz. 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 Uh, who beat the shit out of his, or punched his wife, or did some, beat his wife or something uh, on New Year's Eve. Domestic yeah. battery. Yeah. We don't know exactly what that means. That could be he shoved her into a wall. That means it could yeah. be that he hit her with a skillet. Well, apparently, because I was watching the news about it, and she was on, on camera saying, I wish him the best, but, you know, he Bye. can't. He can't keep doing this or, you know, some shit like that. But yeah. it's like, you know, I, I wish him the best, and but it just, I can't do this anymore. It's like, why the fuck do you wish him the best? He's been beating you or battering you or whatever the fuck you want to call it, apparently for some time now. What? I just, I don't know. You've never known a battered woman, have you? No, I, no, no. Because once I'm done with them, they don't talk to me anymore. That's not funny, Don. Don't support that kind high, of humor. No, that's high comedy. No, because my mother was a battered woman. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> You're right. Yes, and uh, my, my first stepmother yeah. was a, 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 a wildly violent discotheque yeah. asshole. And uh, that's the thing is I know the that love is... doesn't go away. Right, and, and I understand that. that Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing that goes on with that battering is yeah. that somebody abuses you, you love them, you can't believe they would do this thing to you. They apologize, <laughs> all this stuff. They tell I'm going to make it up to you, baby, this kind of shit. And then you accept them. And you go, okay, they're still good. And then it goes, it's not like they, it's not, at least in my personal experience as yeah. the, you know, son of an, a, a woman that was beaten with a skillet uh, kind of stuff. Uh, it's not like it happens every day. Right. It's like it builds up, you know, it's, it's one of those things that happens and you're shocked and you don't know how to react to it and everybody freaks out. And then the next day there's apologies and then, then there's apologies for a couple of weeks and then there's not, then everything's great. Yeah. And then everything is great. And then something sets it off, and yeah. weeks later, months later, whatever, bam. And right. that goes on, and after a while, it's it's one of the things... I know there's a point where enough is enough, and I understand that. And that's where but a lot my, of people come to. Yeah. And I, I completely understand that, I'm sympathetic to that. The thing that made me go, what? Come on. Was it just her words, I wish him the best. Wish him good luck at best. Like, he doesn't deserve the best from his beaten wife. I, you know, that's, that's my you that's know, my only issue with it. That's well, like, you know, you know, she you choose know, your words wisely. She's been but, beaten up, so let's give her a little bit of uh, space. Maybe to, she's maybe concussed. Wording, she's rattled. Yeah. Maybe her wording she yeah. wasn't thinking through. She was just well. That's the thing is, uh, she wasn't really in the limelight. 
No. He was in the limelight. And he's admitted was... to being an alcoholic. He yeah, said it. He's yeah, like, I don't alcoholic. drink during the day or at work, but I go home and I get hammered. And I throw down. Yeah. In more ways than one. Right. And, you know, but the thing is, she's not somebody that's in the limelight. And when you're caught off guard, even if you know it's coming by, yeah. by press, yeah. by microphones in your face, unless you prepared the statement. Yeah. And maybe that was the prepared statement. And she just said, this is just what I'm going to say. Yeah. So that was a big, that was. But that was big. I don't, I don't want to say it's good, but it means that one of the son of a bitches is out. Throw one more bum out. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one, this is a big one. Yeah, Burke. Is Burke. Jesus. That mother, I, I hope they sink him fast and deep. 23 guns were in his office. He had 23 guns in his office. And I don't know if you've, if, again, like I was I watching just the news. I blown away by 23 guns. He dresses like a fucking mobster in a cartoon. Oh, like yeah. Like his pinstripe suits and his, you know. He looks his, like he's from B Dick Tracy. Yeah, All he needs yeah, he looks like Big, big Boy Caprice. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And he walks, so he's walking into court this morning, dressed like a fucking gangster out of a Dick Tracy cartoon. Uh-huh. Like, what? Fuck you! Just fuck you for that. Well, that's what to makes start. It, he you know, thinks that makes him look good, and he's yeah. comfortable. He went to the men's warehouse, and they said, "Hey, how about these giant shoulder pads?" You're right. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> Here's a pocket square. Don't tuck it in. Just like yeah. barely put it there, so it's flourishing out like yeah. a jackass. You're gonna like the way you look. Well, it's a George Hamilton thing. Yeah, but like that even matters anymore. Well, I mean, it does to a guy Burke's age. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. George Hamilton's still his contemporary. And maybe for those who like KFC. Yeah, that's like me dressing like Tommy Lee Jones. We're the same age. Yeah, but Tommy Lee Jones doesn't dress like a like a cartoon villain. I know, that's why I dress sort of like all in black and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing about Burke <laughs> that amazes me, and that amazes me about this city, is that that motherfucker has been elected... Time and time and time and time again. 50 years he's yeah, been Yeah, alderman, he's been in office for a long time. Give or take. Um, he cannot properly represent his constituency, which is, I don't know what it was when it began, when he started, but it's mostly Latino. Yeah. And he's a, a documented racist. Mm -hmm. The whole thing with, when, with Washington, the aldermanic wars, whatever the hell that was. He's a son of a bitch. And it's about fucking time that something happened. And I love that his wife was just uh, sworn in for her second 10 years the on the Illinois, Illinois State Supreme Su Court. State Supreme Court, yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't trust her now, you know, because, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, Katie isn't guilty of all the shit I've done. But, but she's married to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. And it just... It, so here's the thing with me in Chicago, is I... So I grew up in the South Suburbs, and when I moved to Las Vegas for college, I went out there with this romanticized idea of Chicago. It was the big city. It was a real city. It wasn't this podunk, city with a heart of gold. Mormon town, you know, uh, big shoulders and all. Like, I was, yes. So my entire decade in Las Vegas was, whether it was, I was saying it out loud or in the back of my head that I wanted to go back to Chicago because it was a real city and a real metropolis, and I wanted to go home and fucking Chicago, man. That yeah. was, yeah. And then when I moved back here in 2007, it was the dawn of the recession, and this might have something to do with it, but I've yet to fall in love with this city, and I'm not even sure that I like it. Okay, see, the thing is, I, I <laughs> love this city. Right. One of the things that I, and I, I remember we took a show uh, to New York, and uh, I hadn't been in the New York theater scene. I hadn't really been involved in the New York theater scene in really ever at that point. And, we, you know, I mean, I'd been to shows in New York, but I hadn't right. really, like, 
gotten into the yeah, weeds of yeah. that. And, uh, and one of the things that I recognized right away is that, and I looked at Jen, my second ex-wife, and I looked, and she was my wife at the time, and I looked at her and I said, Jesus Christ, I love Chicago, but it's a fucking cow town. Yeah. I mean, when you compare it, I understand some of the, some of the look, they're down, look down their noses at Chicago from a New York perspective, because New York, New York is New York. And right. You know, and, and, and right. one of the jokes that I made is like, you know, any asshole with a grass skirt, some silver body paint, and some fruit can do an avant-garde show, and there's going to be an audience for yeah. it, because yeah. there's people that are just looking for cool shit to do. Right. In Chicago, man, you got to be entertaining. If there's yeah. not a punchline associated with it, man, that's going to be that's a hard sell for the Cowtown because it is. It's a great big Cowtown. I still love Chicago. I can. I, I guess maybe I can. Right now, as of this recording, I can say that because I'm leaving Chicago yeah. and I have no intention of coming back, uh, I'm I'm fondly reminiscing. And that happens because when I left Las Vegas. It was immediately, like, driving out of town, when I crossed the state line, I went, oh, oh, God. Like, and it hit. And now I still feel like Las Vegas is my home. Yeah. I wasn't born and raised there, but I spent my formative years, 18 to 28, you know, those are important years. Yeah. You know, you find yourself, you become yourself. 30 years. Right. So there's no, I mean, unless I live another 30 years, which is... Pretty doubtful. I mean, I might. You I might could, live yeah. There. I could live to eighty-three. Yeah. Okay, that's possible. But no more. No fucking. At you that get like point, a week like after your birthday. Hit me with a goddamn bus because uh, you get till February eleventh, my mom's birthday. Okay. Uh, Two thousand whatever thirty years is from now. Yeah, it's a long time. And then I drop dead. Okay. All right. I I, I will make that commitment here. Yeah. Recorded. Okay. But one of the things I've noticed is, is I'm, I'm doing the reminiscing, this kind of thing. Chicago's always going to be probably my hometown. This sure. is where I, you know, this is like you I spent said, most I, of your life. I've spent most of my life in this It's the longest place. you've ever lived anywhere. Anywhere. In by, any by, one stretch. By or at shot, all. Yeah. By a long yeah. shot. And, but it's like. Uh, and well, one of the things, I've, although I have noticed, because uh, this is just like, this is just the mildest fucking January. This is not a winter. This well, so not, far, I mean, it's only January 3rd. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I got to tell you, the knowledge that in a month, yeah. I'm gonna be living in Las Vegas. This shit feels bitter cold. Yeah. I feel cold. This is the coldest winter I've endured in 30 years uh -huh. because I know I'm gonna be living in a desert yeah. in 30 days. And it's like, yeah. And you won't get the shock of this of the desert summers because you you lived in Arizona. I lived in Arizona for, bit, for so. yeah, well my mom and I talked about it. She was like, we were only there for a year. I said, no mom, we were in, we were in Arizona I'm third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And she goes, how do you do that math? I said, because I remember third grade at Alta Loma uh, uh, Elementary School, yeah. and I remember where we lived, and I remember that, I remember it, I, like I could see it in my head. So that was, I remember that. Yeah. I also remember in sixth grade seeing Star Wars 25 times in the movie theater that summer uh -huh. of my sixth grade year. Just for the air conditioning. Yes, well, yeah, you didn't even I like the I movie. I didn't give a shit about the movie, right. but god damn it. AC but, and popcorn, fuck so, it, I'm going. So I'm pretty sure, and, and she and I sat in this over Christmas, we've yeah. seen that, she was like, really? Was it four? years I said yeah I'm pretty sure it was four years it's funny how we remember things yeah eventually yeah, yeah. she she was yeah. like okay well we lived in Peoria we did and Peoria we Illinois no Peoria Arizona 
I didn't know there was a Peoria, Arizona. Yeah, okay. there's a Peoria, Arizona. Okay. We lived there, and we lived in Phoenix in two different locations. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she was thinking of, oh, this house and this house. The trailer, because right. we did live in a trailer in Peoria, okay. in a trailer park. That sounds about right. You know, and then uh, a house and then an apartment. Yeah. And she remembered those, but she didn't realize that we'd lived there a collective four years. Right. Well, for me, that's, I mean, when you're- That's third, a lifetime. Third grade to sixth grade, oh. that's a that's gigantic. That's time bald frame. dick to hairy dick. Yeah. Almost, nah, sort of, yeah, maybe, yeah, depends, yeah. yeah. You know, but- Ish. Ish. Bald dick to peach fuzz. Fair enough. Okay. And uh, yeah, and so and so, I'm not yeah, I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, Chicago, I it's, and it's, it's I, I love Chicago. I don't love that Chicago. Well, one of the things to know is that Illinois has the highest uh, evacuee. Yeah. I mean, like more people in like in the last ten years, oh. more people have left this state and specifically this city. Yeah. Than almost any major city or state in the United States. My brother lives which in St. John. There are people that live in Mississippi, and they stay, but there are people in Chicago get the fuck out of Dodge. I always dig myself a bit when I talk about having a boat because I don't want to be that guy with a boat. But you are that guy with a boat. I'm not that. I'm a different guy with a boat. I'm the guy. I don't know. Wh I'm not that guy. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I yeah. Just, I just, they can't see. I yeah. need to explain it because this is an audio medium. They can see your, I can see your face. So I know what you're saying. They cannot. So explain to us the difference between that guy and this guy. I wouldn't have voted for Reagan. I did vote for Reagan, you know. I know, but you First. didn't have a boat, so you're not as bad. All right, good. Um, <laughs> I mean, my dad <laughs> voted for Reagan, so I'm trying. <sighs> so your dad's that guy. Yeah, but but dad is still... So you're still, that guy's kid. But dad is still like, even though he's a lawyer, he's like a working class lawyer. Because like, he doesn't have, he's got his own practice, it's yeah. just him. You know, he's not that, he's not the Trump boat people. He's not, I'm trying to think of who, like a, a movie character we would all know that has a boat that would... I'm not Goldie Hawn in... Uh, Overboard. In Overboard. You're Captain Ron. I'm yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Also That's it. Yes. Yeah. You know we, we That's kept it beautiful. In the Thank you. Just end yeah. the podcast now. We're done. We're never recording another episode. That's perfect. Yes. I'm I, I am Captain Ron of the boat owners. Um, you know. So that's that's a nice thing. And sh again, and this isn't a dig about Chicago people, except that. Except. Here's the dig about Chicago people. For over a fucking century, the Chicago machine, the politics of Chicago that we know and that we seem to love and laugh about, we're like, oh, well, that's Chicago. Vote, vote early and often. Vote yeah. the dead even vote. You know, ha, ha, ha. That's been a thing that we have kept going for over a century. We keep electing these motherfuckers. Everybody bitches about old man Daly. They bitched yeah. about baby Daly. They bitch about Madigan, Burke, all of these fuckers but they keep getting elected. Well, Even when their constituencies completely change, and there's no way that any, well, I, I was gonna say there's no way any Latino in their right mind could vote for a guy like Burke, but oh, no. what do I, What do I, I'm not a Latino. I yeah. don't live in his, well, the thing, you know, you know, in his the ward. Thing, the I thing about it is, is, is the Latino community is far more, I mean, far more conservative. Like seriously, yeah. like really, for that matter, the African-American community is far more conservative than we seem to have in our brains, but that's because we're... But, but, but what it reminds me is like all the corruption and making jokes about it. it reminds me when I was uh, when I was in comedy sports 
which was early in my 30 years. Yeah. That was 93 to 98. That was Fat Don. And well, that was the thing is, I didn't start off as Big Fat Don. Okay. I started off as, I did, I started off as kind of Fat Don. I was I was heavy, Squishy. but I was, I, Squishy and Don. I was the ref a lot. And one of my jokes was, and I made the joke fucking every show I did, I said, and I am the referee. You can tell that I'm the ref because I'm wearing a ball cap. I have a striped shirt, and then I would turn and stick my gut out as far as, I, and I'm fat. Yeah. And it always got a laugh. And I always thought that was really funny until I realized that I had become really fat. I was really yeah. fat, so I was making the joke. Yeah. But it was just stating an obvious fact that the audience could see. Oh, yeah, that guy's a fucking fat ass. It's fat guy falls down. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. And yeah. that's like Chicago is like, oh, yeah, vote early and often. Well, we know. We know. Yeah. And we accept. And it's sort of like we're a giant bunch of fat asses making jokes at our giant bellies overhanging our thing. And that, it's not seen our dicks for years. <laughs> You sent me this whole, like, motherfuckers are <laughs> baking, and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then I looked at the article, and I went, oh, this is about people that use baking as a way to kind of ease their anxiety. What's got you so pissed about this? So it's the, it's the, the reason I'm pissed about it is the same reason that I wanted to send it to you, because it's the same thing. It's along the lines of those, the emotional support animals that we've talked about. Oh, so, like, now It's this are- fucking idiotic, like... I'm anxious, but baking helps me get through my anxiety, and that's how I do. And that's great. Like whatever helps you get through your anxiety. Yeah. Right on. Fucking go running, bake, jerk off. So why does it bother you? I I wish that I had gone back and and read the article again because I don't totally remember. It really set you off because you like your your text. I think it was was the heated like the language and the 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 tone of the story. It was like, hey, here's a way to get rid of your your anxiety. Just bake cookies. Yeah. It's a, and and here's, oh, I remember now, there was a thing where these, these women, I say that. You did, you said, they could hear, uh, yeah they could hear you say it that way, so. (sighs) Yeah. It was mostly women. (laughs) In the story, this was women, written by a woman, which is why, if it was written by a man and it was mostly men, I would still, I would, written by a bunch of fucking dudes. Yeah, exactly. I would say say it the same way. All right. So these people. Okay. These bakers. These bakers. These anxious bakers. <laughs> they go to these baking parties, which is fine. Do your thing. But they made the same cookie, and they would, like, share the cookies, and it was like, what is this cookie, and why are you making it? Oh, my God, it helps me with my... It's like... It was just... It was like putting a spotlight and giving a blue ribbon to your anxiety. It's... Well, you know what it reminds me of? The way you describe it reminds me... And this, what I thought, was a very funny thing. And this... Uh, I mean, this, this was when I was a... 46-year-old man dating a 20-year-old woman. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I noticed that she and all her friends all were on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And they nothing was... Like, talk about a baking party. Any given gathering, at least half of the conversation was about what drug they were taking for Mm -hmm. their anxiety. And I thought, you guys are bragging about this shit? Right. You're bragging about how fucking weak you are? You're talking well, about I mean, I, a bunch of thin-skinned, yes. un... Yeah, I mean, and not, you know, not to, like, categorize people who take antidepressants, as, but, but, but the thing about it is, the reason you take antidepressants is because you can't handle whatever is going on in you. Why would you brag about that and, well, and yeah, right. it, like, and if cookies the, that you bake for yes. anxiety? It's and like, if the, if the, the goal is to get above and beyond your anxiety or depression, 
why keep bringing it up? Because all that does is keep it, it at the front party, of your mind. Every party it right. was like, oh, are you taking the perk of life label? Oh, no, no. I did that, but it didn't suit my shoes. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but it was just like, it was like, it was, it was this, these conversations. And at one point I looked at her and I went, why do you guys talk about all your anti-anxiety medication yeah. like it's like like it's you know you went to Kohl's and got right. something yeah. you know I don't understand oh like they would ever shop at Kohl's ew, ew. Yeah. but that I was like I just don't understand it she said oh you wouldn't understand you're just an old white guy and I'm like no even if I were a young white guy I'd go what the fuck are you talking about so and he and here's my or I, I mean I my internal I battle with this Asian guy as well is that I've made no secret about my own bullshit, my, yeah, my yeah, yeah. depression and my anxiety. And I see a therapist every, sure. you know, and you've teased me about it and that's fine. Fuck you. Uh, but if, but if, <laughs> but if you came but, and our podcast was you talking about your therapist and me going, no, 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 no. See my therapist. Right. Where's Gucci? I would I mean, hope it, that our it, three, one of our three listeners would come and beat us to death. Mail us a gun. Yes. And know, just do us a do fucking they, favor. Hopefully the guy yeah. with the, with the, the pasted over van, would send us a pipe bomb, you know? Oh, yeah, with the truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy sends us a pipe bomb. <laughs> that was a 2018 callback. Nice. Yes, it was. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But, yeah, it just, it, it bugs me because, you know, Woody Allen made a career and a great career. Sure. Out of talking about how depressed, but it was all it true was, as it may be. They it were was jokes. And even when I talk about it, there's still a level of, of joke to it. Well, you're Jewish, so you get to do that. I have no choice. Yeah, that's part of your DNA. It's like, I can't, I can't. If my penis is cold, I can't just hike up the turtleneck because it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a turtleneck penis. You gotta, you gotta. So I have no choice in these matters. You gotta matters. talk about it, yeah. It's just like, again, do it every, take the drugs. Sure. Bake the fucking cookies. Do what you gotta do, but stop making it a thing. Stop yeah. applauding yourself for how you overcame your anxiety by baking. Well, that's the, just, that's the, that's you know, the zeitgeist of, I used the word zeitgeist. Yes, I did. That is the zeitgeist of our, of our society right now which is yay me i have a problem is 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 well is the overcoming is first of all wrecking it going online and saying i have this problem then having a whole bunch of people give you supportive messages and affirmations which is good not getting over the problem but then putting up memes about how badass you are and yeah. the only reason you put them up there is because you're it was hard to get out of bed down. today but i did it yeah but i did it yeah and then and i mean that that that's the thing and then getting up on a stage at the moth and talking about it i mean right. this is this is kind of the cycle of american society right now and so maybe I understand what, why maybe what bugged do that. maybe what bugged me about it was that i'm just tired of hearing about it yeah if it wasn't so ubiquitous you know poor me i'm troubled i've got this thing and i found this way to get over it yeah I don't fucking care. I, we well, I mean, we all do. That's we actually, all do, and that's. But yes, you can relate to it. That is actually one of. What it reminds me. There's a it. certain amount of fatigue, and I just have to read this because I just wrote this. It will be up uh, Monday, so it'll be up tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. My I believes, but uh, just talking about this, and I just I, it hit it hit me, and I went. That when outrage becomes so normal and monotonous that the expression of it is merely annoying rather than inspiring, perhaps a step back is necessary. I'm not tone policing. I'm tone suggesting. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like, it's like I, I hear, you know, I, I, there's only so much outrage that I can listen to without rolling my fucking eyes. Right. There's this great uh, lyric in a, a Jawbreaker song. And I can't, it's late. 
in the day, and I can't recall the name of the song, which is shame on me because it's my favorite band. But there's this line where he says, um, honey, it's depressing what depression does for some. I play the part for hours, but I know you'll never come. When I first heard that, I was 14, 15 come years old. Come see you, It was, no, no, C-O-M-E. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I, I went there and I was like, how would he make her come? How? Oh, yes. I'm, okay. So when I first heard that as a teenager, as uh, who's the fucking guy in the, uh, the Catcher in the Rye? Holden Caulfield. Yeah. Like at my Holden Caulfield age, which was uh, you know the angsty, angsty asshole, fucking angry oh, yeah, teenager, sixteen year old. Um, I went. Oh, that makes perfect sense because I can remember being a teenager and like, oh, I'm sad. People do that as teenagers. Yeah. For attention. So I'm like, hey, what's wrong, Don? Are you okay? Uh, like, oh no, nothing. There's nothing wrong. It's that what on, on Facebook? What do they call it? I have it? Uh, seasonal affective disorder. What? This is 1984. What are you talking about? <laughs> the what? Head of the game, yeah. Just, I'm sad. Now, seasonal affective disorder I is a thing. I'm on board with it because it fucks with your circadian rhythms. It's not an excuse. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. I did not have it growing up. I Living in Las Vegas 10 years probably fucked me up. All that sunshine, those clear skies. And I used to be out in Vegas and I would say, oh, why isn't it cloudy? Ugh. You just said circadian rhythms with a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> Katie got me. I, Katie got me a. a this was in one of my last post-it notes. But for Christmas, Katie got me one of those happy lights. Those UV. Well, I know. You know. The thing is, the, the, and it helps because it. This thing. All the gray and darkness. It. it fucks I with you. I get it. You like the sun. It feels better to be in the sun. It makes you happy. That's fine. No, it's science. But, though. but what a lot of shit. It's like let's create a. It's like it's like ADHD. They made that shit up to sell fucking. Hang on drugs. a second. Let's not talk they about the other thing. Let's talk about the it's one like, thing. This is pseudoscience. Let's talk about Circadian the one thing. Rhythms and seasonal affective disorder. ADHD. Is just bullshit that makes sound. It makes it sound no. important. ADHD really is, is its own is thing. The gray days make me feel like shit. Okay, that's great. It doesn't Okay, have, fine. Yes, but, but that's why? Fine. It doesn't have to but have the season. It doesn't have to have a big scientific reason. It's just, it's sunlight. But, and we're humans. And we're on the planet. And sunlight feels good. And so, okay. But it's more than that. Ugh. Because your circadian rhythms, oh, straight for face. Sake. You also sent me another article that a majority of Americans really hate politically correct whatever see don Talk i would it. say that generalizing them as americans is wrong because there are asian pacific americans there are african americans there are korean americans there are north americans so to generalize everyone as an american is really offensive you sent me the fucking article, dude. It just said Americans. You sent me the articles. The majority of Americans. I took no offense. Maybe you should take some more offense because it's just offensive. So I should take offense because other people are offended? Is that what you're no. saying? No. Point is... Point is... <laughs> PC culture is the dumbest goddamn the thing. Right that, just you saying that, that's going to be the opener. Sure. You know, it's like, what the hell? I think there's a time and a place for political correctness. You can't walk around calling people the N-word. Well, I don't think that's about being politically correct. I think that's about not being a dickhead. Sure. But I, th I think that in the I right mean, way, in the right you know. way... 
being politically correct keeps you from being a dickhead in in the right way like you you know don't don't call somebody a, a you know maybe it's not politically correct i don't i mean do i use the words i don't know like there's that old joke Sorry, I'm about to say this. You're going to bury yourself in this. There's that old joke Uh that isn't funny. (laughs) But what do you call a Mexican cleaning lady? Spick and span. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's not okay. No, it's really not okay. It had been funny when I was 13. For a racist, it's a clever joke. Oh, yeah. For a racist, that's But here's the thing. Most cleaning ladies are Polish anyway. All right, so, but th- this idea, the, the PC culture that has gotten way out of hand. Okay. You know, like what I just said a minute ago, like, yeah. you can't call them Americans. They need to be Asian Pacific American, you know, yeah. like break it. Just fucking chill out a little bit. You don't have to be offended all of the time. And so the you're PC not tone policing, you're tone suggesting. Suggesting, yeah. And so that article was interesting because it's this whole squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. And... It's the same with the, the strident right and the strident left, is that most of America is just like, We're dude, can we just all. figure this shit out? Mm-hmm. And instead, the loud ones on the fringes are going, you can't say the word Jewish anymore, or Jew, or bald is offensive, it's yeah. hair, hair follicle challenge, right. whatever, you know. Let's, let's, let's break it down just a little bit, just for the sake of, uh, you know, the Don Hall devil's advocacy. Here's the thing. We live, we're living in a time where right now there is a lot of power to be had. I'm offended by your phrase yeah. right now. I sure, think you sure. should say centrist now or left now, just to be fair. I'm going to start spanking right in your face. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just, oh my Not God, spanking just, my face, but no, whacking it. Whacking your winger right in my, in my right sure. in face. Right okay. in your face, yeah. <laughs> um, just so that as you keep talking, you know the load's coming. It's a coming. So you can keep talking and maybe get it in your mouth. Yep. Or just get it on your face. It's just it's your choice. It's your bukkake moment. This is my moment. Yes, it is my bukkake moment. Thank you. Yes, there's your there's your circadian rhythms. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, No, but uh, we're living in a time period where right now um, we've got you know I mean there there are marginalized groups. Everywhere in the country, you know, and and I, I would argue, and that's true. I would argue, yeah, that's true, and I would argue that the most significant one is the one that we we spend the least amount of time focusing on, which are the haves and the have-nots. Right. But okay, um, you know, we're finding it. And when you and say that, sorry, but when you say that the haves and the have-nots, you're not talking about just poor blacks or poor Latino. You're talking about poor white people. I'm talking about. Too. I'm talking about. Is this a poverty thing? I'm talking about one. Yeah, that one to five percent of the country owns. Everything and yeah, the okay. rest of the country owns fuck all. There is no wealth, and this is not like because because that that conversation that argument takes away a lot of the power and the bluster from the PC. Well, crowd. that's why they don't like that argument, right? They don't like that argument because, because there that's are my, poor white people, white poor, old poor white men that have been fucked their whole lives yeah. because of people like Alderman. Well, I mean, Burke. ultimately, there are more poor white people than there are poor anybody else because there are more white people. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, that's just simple math. And, and one day, Don, hopefully soon, um, all those white people will die, and well, we can be I've we can be that. a true melting pot of uh, the United States. There you go. But what I'm saying is, as 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 
campaigns to, uh, to have marginalized voices increase and increase in their effectiveness. And that's the thing. It's, if it's not effective, if, if, if the bitching and moaning is not effective, if the getting up and standing up and saying, you can't do this to me is not effective, then nobody does it. Mm-hmm. But it's very effective. And we are getting, there is mo- positive motion because of some of this outcry. What happens is then everybody starts to say, where's my piece of that power pie? Yeah. And so you end up having people who are morbidly obese who band together to, you know, publicly and economically shame airlines or elevators. You know, you have, you know, I don't know, people with, I don't know, hairy feet go well, banding together against open-toed sandals. I don't know. I, <laughs> but it, it's like, and that, and that thing is, it's, it's, the slice gets smaller and smaller and smaller because they want to make sure that they want theirs too. It's, it's just the American dream. I want to have my piece of the pie as well. So I understand on some level what concerns me about the the, the, the poll. And this is the thing is I, I had somebody, somebody that, because I read the article and I uh, thought it was interesting. And I've heard people's reaction, especially those on the strident left. The rage profiteers say, yes, but that's, let me break down the poll. It's an NPR poll. Yeah. That was an NPR poll that said... And it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a, a vast majority. It was like fifty-two percent yeah. of Americans that they polled yeah. said that they that that they think politically correct speech and regulation is going too far. And uh, and 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 this is you know my my thought is yeah I think it has gone too far. But all things at some point go too far. Mm-hmm. Um, anti-vaxxers are an example. On the yeah. other side, like let's 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 not just focus on the left. On the right, anti-vaxxers, which is more a libertarian thing than anything else, because the anti-vaxxer thing is really more about the government telling you you have to do it, right. and them saying no, you know, and you know that is erroneous. And if you you know if a couple of people don't want to have their kids vaccinated for whatever reason they have, it's their. I mean, it 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 becomes their choice as long as their kids aren't in the same schools as everybody else's I guess um, but that becomes a movement and they make outcry because they feel like hey you know the African American community made outcry and the Me Too made outcry right. and they're getting they're getting some traction on this I want traction too Yeah. so that's where you get this whole movement of men of I'd say specifically white men but men saying look at how aggrieved we are See, we're being, oh, look at us. We're a minority. You know, it got me thinking. What a load of shit. That argument that it's hard for white men right now. You know what that is? That's changed. Yeah, you don't have total control anymore. It's a load of crap. That was the same behavior that I was was, uh, displaying last year. Fair enough, yeah. As as we were nesting, getting ready for Uh Harrison's arrival. Me going, well, what about my office? Mm-hmm. What about my couch? Ugh, it's a fucking change. Get over it, you fucking puss. Yeah. Well, I mean... And, and, and I don't mean puss in a... Like, if I say pussy as a... <laughs> oh, no. We're getting so much if I, trouble if I called, this episode. Like, if, if, you were, if we were at my You're house right so now, like, we were, like you and Dana and I were at my house with Katie, and I was like, oh, you fucking pussy. Katie, like, don't... That's not a bad thing. Pussies are powerful things, and they can do it. And she's right. But I'm not going to say, but if you say three day unwashed pussy, then you win because that's not a powerful that's a, thing. That's a stank thing. That's a decent, and that's could be a, a, 
a, a, a disease. It's all thing. a qualifier. It could be, yeah. Yeasty pussy. Yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you if if you could qualify it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I dated a girl with yeast infection. It's like boil covered dick. That's worse than just yeah. calling somebody a dick. Unless pusty. Well, <laughs> Angora sweater like genital ward dick. Jesus That's, right? That, you call somebody that, you've really gone over it. That's bad. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing to do this week is it's a listen. Listen to the band Turnspits debut album, uh, Desire Paths. This is a band, they're turn, Chicago. Turn, spits. turn spit. Turn spit. spit. The possessive. Like Daylight Saving without the S. Yes. Okay. The, the possessive turn would be spit. Turn Spit's debut album. Okay. Turn, turn Spit's spit a Chicago is... band. They're a great band. Uh, they've got a bunch of EPs, but their debut album came out early 2018. It's called Desire Paths. Um, I love them. Okay. They're playing it, or they played, upon this recording, they'll be playing tomorrow. So they played at the Ward 1. Uh, in Wicker Park, the Chop House. Chop House, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chop Shop. Um, I, or Chop Shop, thank chop you. Chop Shop, yeah. yeah. I've never been to a show there, which is weird because it's, oh, it's across great. the street from me, and well, I just never. Well, I will tell you that this this month, and I don't have the date, but it'll be on uh, Facebook. Uh, Local Motive, yeah, will be playing the Chop Shop, right. and Danny German. It will be her last Chicago performance in a band, and I will go see that. So yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, but good. listen to that album. But I was trying to get some friends to come to the show, and I thought that Dana would love this band. So I texted her about it, and, her, and I texted her the like the Spotify link to mm-hmm. there, and her response was, <laughs> "Oh God!" It surprised the fuck out of me. Ew! They sound like the '90s dying wish in the form of an oxy fart. <laughs> that sounds like my wife. <laughs> Which is awesome, but give them a listen and let us know what you think. Yes, because are you on my Dana side or are you on Dana's like, side? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Dana. Do they rock like or are they an oxy fart? There you go. Yeah, mine is a listen. My, my first one is a listen as well. One of the things I've I, I've, I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast, and I've is that I really like Quillette. Mm-hmm. Quillette is uh, you know, it, it, but what I'm noticing, and I and, and, and you know, and people have made this accusation before, but I, I'm I like to kind of delve into myself. Quillette is. A bunch of people that really, really kind of want to be right wing, mm-hmm. but aren't, aren't, they're not total, you know, not racist, they're, you know, it's like, and they're trying um, really Reasonable right wing? Well, that's the thing is, they're reasonable, and they're they're really looking at data, and they're, and I, so I'm, I'm so 100%. financially conservative Yeah, yeah, they're kind okay. of ish, but, right. uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, I really like reading their stuff i like listening to it sometimes i walk away go wow that was that was totally like uh like they've got one uh, one podcast i can't remember her name but the woman that wrote the the war on cops book Mm -hmm. that's basically just pro-police yeah and i listened to it and you know she had some good things to say I didn't agree with a lot of things sure. she had to say. I mean, she had good things to say. So anyway, so uh, well informed. So and, I'm yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of Quillette. I wish there was a left centered uh, Quillette. You know where it's like we're kind of looking at it from a left spin, but we're still critical of the left and the right. This gets very Could critical. That be literate? I no, not because because okay. we're not quite as wonky as these guys. Okay. But their podcast, and we're not really a political. Yeah, we're not really yeah. political. Okay. We've got too much good stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, Quillette podcast episode seven is Jonathan Church, who is a Quillette contributor and economist. Um, it is uh, on white privilege, white fragility, and unconscious bias 
and why the social justice left is more interested in punishing whites than understanding the complexity of racial inequality. Um, I don't agree with everything that is said in the podcast, but there is enough there that is, and, I, and that's the thing is why I tend to do is I listen to these things and if there's something I go, I think I agree with that, but I want to look it up first. You know what I mean? That, that, that's kind of, that's that's what yeah. Colette has become yep. for me. It's like, ooh, that would be, that would be a really interesting point. If it's true, let me look it up. And everything he said is true. There's some things that he's got to say that are a little more personal that I don't necessarily agree with, but I actually think you should listen to it. Quillette Podcast, number seven, Jonathan Church on White Privilege. So my next thing is a read, and this is a long, a long headline. All right. It's, uh, it was in the New York Times Magazine. Uh, it's an older one. It ran uh, in November. But it's, uh, the insect apocalypse is here. What does it mean for the rest of life on Earth? It's a fascinating article. About, I read it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's fascinating. So not to be all green and, you know, like, but... Well, I, yeah. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a very, on an unrelated note, but very related, is I saw somebody put on Facebook not too long ago, it's just the idea that 25, 30 years ago, and I take a lot of road trips. Yeah. 25, 30 years ago take a road trip there's bugs all over squash yep. bugs all over your fucking you can't see shit now right. no bugs yeah I just took a road trip to Kansas I mean I did in August not a single bug squash yeah really not one well I don't believe that no seriously really? I would clean that shit off my window okay. not on there not yeah. one bu- and this is in August going from Chicago to Kansas yep. not one bug splat yeah, interesting. So we're yeah, in trouble. I mean, it's, yeah. We're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's uh, that, okay. Yeah, um, mine is not. My second is a read as well. It's not quite as uh, dire, but is you remember the Forty Eight Laws of Power, Robert Greene? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he has a he has a follow up called the Laws of Human Nature. Okay. And I I actually I, I, this is from an uh, an interview, but I actually really like. So this is a little bit longer read, but I like what he had to say, and this is sort of the. This has got some of the gist of his laws of human nature. His his basic premise is that the, today we are filled with a utopian belief that human beings can be this, we can go back to something that is greater than what we are. Mm-hmm. And you can look at that from the, the, the lens of the Trump, Trumpians of make America great again, or you can look at it from the, the progressive left saying, we can be better people like this utopia that exists. He doesn't believe any of that's true because humans have a specific nature and this is what we are. Mm-hmm. But I love this. I love this, this, this answer to one of the questions. It says, I can understand the level of oppression and the need that arose early in the 60s for black pride. And the whole black pride movement is very understandable. But then you see people like Martin Luther King and later even Malcolm X deciding and coming to terms with the idea that this is a sort of a dead end. That the only way we're going to change the American system and the evil parts of it at its core is by some, somehow finding a way to work with white people and working with those who are in power. So you have to find some unifying factor. And it was the brilliance of King to branch out and use the anti-war movement in the 60s as a way to bridge the gap between blacks and whites. That was the proper strategy. It's a strategy Gandhi used in his struggle against the English in the 1930s and 40s. And so this is sort of, and and, and what I, 48 Laws of Power to me is sort of like, because I read it, I owned it and I read it a couple times, but it always made me feel a little bit like I was, a rapper watching Scarface. Um, 
You know what I mean? It's like it's like modern Machiavellianism. Um, the laws of human nature is not that. It's a little bit more uh, anthropological and okay. sociological. And I and I highly recommend the laws of human nature by Robert Greene. So my last thing to do this week is it's a, a watch slash subscribe and follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, on YouTube, it's Awaken with JP. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, it is uh, JP Sears. I love this guy. I love yeah. this guy. He's so, so funny. To what we were, he's the whole PC angry. culture yeah. thing. Oh, he's right on it. He, it he's funny. Yeah. He's smart. Just, he hits every point, and yeah. he's. He it's takes, well produced as well. He's a stand-up yes. comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's he digs at the strident left. Yeah. And the rage profiteers, mm-hmm. but he's not a right winger. No. He's, he's he's us like us. He, he, yeah. He, he comes from our perspective of we're better than this. You guys should be smarter than this. What's your did you see the the latest one? The awakened T-shirts. No. Oh, it's very funny. It's the idea that if I wear this T-shirt, that makes others feel less awakened. Then <laughs> I have accomplished something. So buy my T-shirts. Yeah. It's very funny. It's quite. Well, I'm funny. gonna buy his T-shirt. Um, yeah, I will buy one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very, they're very, they're quite funny. They're quite funny. Yeah, I love JP series. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're, they're, they can be a little long, you know, to watch at work. Yeah, he beats, but, he beats, he beats that dead horse pretty hard. But, but God, it's good. It's very funny. Totally stuff. worth it. Very yeah. funny stuff. And well, my final thing is a watch. Um, <laughs> you had said <clears throat> um, the last podcast that you were really looking forward to Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> right. And over the holiday, yeah. I saw Mary's Queen of Scots. Which is Mary, Queen of fucking bore. It is dull. That is some <laughs> dull fucking shit. That is one long. My mom and I were really excited about. It. In fact, it was a day. My mom and I see lots of movies. We saw a ton of fucking movies yeah. uh, over the holiday because we just she doesn't get a chance because my dad doesn't like sit in movie theater. I don't get a chance because my wife doesn't like to sit in a movie theater. Really, but mom and I love. The movies. Okay, yeah. I love to sit and watch yeah. the movies. So we go see a lot of movies. And then my my wife and my dad... Sit at home and well, not they, watch movies. What they do is they sit at home, they nap, they're quiet together, they say seven words, and then they drink. I saw a picture they're you posted of Dana sitting with a glass of wine, I think it was, yeah. doing a puzzle. You're doing a puzzle, And I'm yeah. like, well, that's Kansas. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. they never got that puzzle done, by the way. Losers. Yeah, well, it was a, it, that was a fucked up puzzle. <laughs> and that was a puzzle Dana brought... It was the Last Supper. It was the whole Last Supper. So it was a two thousand were okay. a two thousand piece jigsaw puzzle of the Last Supper, and they thought they were going to get it done. And at a certain point, they both did. My mom and my my both Dana and my mom were just like in the nicest possible way because mom's not. But she's like, "Fuck this noise." You're, you're like Dana. We have to go home. No, they don't. Like, they we put have it to away. go. They put it away. They gave up long before we left. Um, <laughs> But uh, we went and saw, and we, we saw that day we saw Aquaman, because mom really, I didn't really want to see it. I didn't really give a shit about Aquaman. <laughs> My friend Patrick, the, yeah. the guy I was talking with the politics with, he was telling me that he heard somebody say that Aquaman is the Black Panther for stupid people. I don't I read, know exactly what I that means. That, no, but, I understand. Well, there's okay. a brother, and then this whole thing. Okay. My mother's review of, uh, of Aquaman is Aquaman. She did. The first thing she said is we, we sat down to have like lunch at the theater uh-huh. before the second movie and she said you know Aquaman would have been better if nobody had spoken at all <laughs> I mean that was that was her review and she was right um, but the thing about it is we saw it in this order is she wanted to see Aquaman I wasn't like dying to see it but Joe James had said it was pretty good so I went alright I'll go see it um, 
And then we decided to follow that up with Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. We thought, thank God, after Aquaman, we thought, thank God we saved this one. Fuck that movie. Noise. Mary no. Queen of Scots yeah. is just the dull. It's just dull as shit. It's terrible. What the makes it terrible? Are good. The performances are good. Um, it's just slow. I mean, the thing about it is, Mary Queen of Scots is a pretty interesting character, and Elizabeth at the time, very interesting characters. Yeah. It's just an incredibly slow movie. Does it try and position one or the other in well, modern day? Well, you know, there's definitely like a, a feminist. There's definitely a woke perspective okay. that that I mean, if you know anything about the story, Elizabeth was the virgin queen, right, and was very uptight and you know and very jealous, mm-hmm. and and basically Mary was a whore. I mean, Mary just loved to fuck and party. That was her thing. You know, yeah. I mean, she was she was the Catholic. I mean, she's from. She grew up in France. Of course, she was a whore. Yeah. You know what I mean, come on. Well, not a but, whore, but just she you know, was just a, a she had, sexual for person. The day, for the yeah. day, she was very right. loose yes. with her, yes. her strict morality, and so that's a pretty interesting dynamic. Loose with her knees. Yeah. Even. Yes. That's yeah. a pretty interesting dynamic. But what they kind of try to position it, the director kind of positions it as she's Mary, Queen of the Progressive Left of Scots. Mm. You know, it's very woke. Yeah, and uh, and I didn't really have a problem with that. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I kind of went, oh, all right, you know. I mean, there's no evidence that the characters, like her husband, was they make position that he was gay. There's absolutely no historical record that, that indicates that he okay. was gay. Yeah. That the one man that was in her uh, entourage, who was, I mean, Ricci was an Italian courtier, and yeah. he was in her. But there's no reference that he was transgender. Hmm. None, but in the movie he's transgender, you know. So they kind of played with that. Okay, yeah. Braveheart, Braveheart's all bullshit. You right. know, come on, let's. let's I don't care about that. What I care about it was it was just long and dull. There was okay. just even the fight scenes sucked. Is it worth me watching when no, it comes on HBO? Not like, a shit. No, I, it's really that bad. okay. On the I mean, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I you know, know but, but I, I did not like it. I will not. At all. I wanted to go to the movie. Yeah, I will not go not to the movie. Anything okay. about it that I can say I liked. The performances of the two leads, Margot Margot Robbie and and Saoirse Ronan, are great. Sure, but it's not good. It's just not a good movie. It's just boring. Yeah, um, I fell asleep twice. Huh. Okay. <laughs> that says that says all you need to know is like yeah. for like you know like a five minute period. Sure. I just kind of yep. dozed off because yep. it was like this is just going nowhere. On the flip side, if you want to see. A story about a queen and lesbianism and cross-dressing and um, intrigue and court manners and the favorite. Watch Don Hall's home videos. Yes. The, the favorite. Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weiss, Emma Stone, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who's the guy who did Dogtooth, The Lobster, The Killing of mm-hmm. a Sacred Deer. I am telling you... Not only is it the weirdest movie you're going to see, it is the most entertaining movie you're going to see all year long. It hmm. is the, In my opinion, it's the best movie of 2018. Okay. And the funny thing was, this is we started this six things with my wife disagreeing with your choices. Uh-huh. It was the only movie that Dana wanted to see and the only movie that she came to see with us. And it was the first movie we saw on the trip and nothing beat it. Did, she, did Dana like it? She loved it. See, I feel like I don't even know her anymore. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. All right. Welcome to my world. Welcome to 2019. Thanks for listening. Share, review, all that stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts.
For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. Thank you.